Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcoming you back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, from 1943 and directed by Roy William Neal. But before we get to all that, I want to introduce my co-host. The Dean is out. I'll just say that right now. Just going to get that out of the way so we can move on. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot of fun to be had. I think the ghoul might be shitting himself to death. I hope not, because he's the bold and the beautiful, the ghoul geek Keith. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking Terror. But, I mean, really, the, the, the question on everybody's mind at this point, you know, because I know he, he kind of stumbled late into the conversation. Monkey, how often have you pooped blood? <laughs> Once a month. Never. Well, that's you, King. I mean, you, you got that on the norm, man. You know, the, the whole conversation yeah, I do, stems from me eating cupcakes from Walmart that fucking made my poop turn into, like, literally neon bright green shit. It was like the <laughs> secret of the ooze was coming out my backside. And, and yeah, in a, in a moment of, of panic, you know, I, uh, I, I, was, I was told, oh, shit, if you have fucking green in your blood, if you got green in your poop, it's blood. Yeah, it was, uh, but it wasn't. It was just cupcake frosting, which obviously did not digest at all. It dyed my duty green. I had five <laughs> Two cupcakes, one cup. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, that, was, that was a fun little video. I bet you it would have like stained the face too. Like if if I shit on like a girl's face at that point, like, like sorry, I mean like wow, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't condone pooping on people. Not my case. No, anyway. no, not none of people. No, just in the bowl is fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, I do it at least once or twice a month. That's because I'm an alcoholic and I have a horrible diet. You're civilized. Yeah, I am. Just fucking, I'll just plop wherever, man. If I got to go, I got to go. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, world. Sorry, it's not accepted that I like to take shit wherever. God. People are so fucking uncivilized. I'm allowed. I'm entitled. King, King snatches some kids' popcorn in the movie theater and just dump in trowel right there. Yeah. I don't want to this miss America. the movie, damn it. Yeah. Oh. This is America. I pay taxes. I'm an adult, kid. Give me your fucking bucket. I got to fucking drop trout. Like, I'm not missing this fucking movie. Don't look at me while I do it either. Keep your eyes off me. And then he just hands the bucket back to the kid. Welcome to Cleveland. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry I fucked up your popcorn, kid. Here you go. Oh, it stinks. Well, what do you expect? I had like 15 corn dogs before I came in here. I was just sitting in my car eating corn dogs. <laughs> corn dog, the ultimate food. It's not only a fried delicacy; you have a weapon with it once you're done. Well, corn dog's got to soak up all that alcohol. <laughs> I mean, I like to get red before I go to the movie theater. I like tailgating. 
Sip on my trunk and just drink beer before the movie. Oh, oh. Like, <laughs> same thing. Like, a totally different way. You're like, I like to get wet before the movies. I'm like, holy oh, shit. Like, well, maybe I do. You don't know. Dirty shit too. Maybe I like it a little wet. Yeah, yeah, a little bit before the movie. Who knows? Yeah, we're all in That's why you're bleeding. That's why we're all colors of the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, yes, you're joined by the psychotic Simeon, the Mad Monkey, the Prince from Morris Day. Yes, get funky with the monkey. Welcome, my fans. It's nine o'clock, so it must be talking terror, baby. Tonight we're gonna be your trio of terrors. We come in your ears with nerdgasms, horror shoes, and our weekly movie review. You got to catch any of our hundreds. You got that right, right, fans. Hundreds of past episodes down in the talking terror vaults. Also, all. Is available on Blog Talk, Spotify, and iTunes. Now be a good little fiend by liking and subscribing to Talking Terror on both Facebook and Instagram, baby. And I ain't gonna ask what's up because we already into that shit. <laughs> no pun intended. It's just green shit going on here. <laughs> just in time for St. Patty's Day, okay? Just in time. <laughs> right. Now is when I should be eating the fucking cupcakes. Damn, I really fucking need a fucking ball of this stuff. <laughs> and just go to random bars and just drop a deuce and just leave it. <laughs> it was a little slide sticking out. Happy St. Patty's Day, bitch. <laughs> just, well, the just walk show. out, drop, drop fucking trout, just be like, you know, I'm so Irish, I sit green, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'll be like, hey, get your own face to shit. I claim this bar floor for me. Sorry, Tig. I'll find another one. I was running in the phrase fucking Slante or whatever the fuck it is. I can't say it. I'm not. I, well, I do have Irish in me, but I don't remember shit anymore. Solange. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Solange. Solange. Solange Knowles. I, I prefer Beyonce, but, you know, Solange too. <laughs> Solange shit. So, yes, uh, we are without the Dean tonight. The shit talks behind us. Uh, I want to talk about Scream 6, obviously, but first I want to go to the ghoul because he did see the other movie that premiered this weekend, 65, starring Adam Driver. So I wanted to get his uh, thoughts about that because I'm kind of on the fence. I might want to go see that, so I wanted to get his thoughts before I buy that ticket. So, so okay, well, there you go. That, that was the key word right there, right? In order for you to go, you have to what? You have to buy a ticket? Mm-hmm. So you have to spend money? As you do. Yes. Don't do that. Don't, don't 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 do oh. that. Don't don't spend don't <laughs> spend money on it. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. Just wait for that movie to come out on a streaming service. You know, just 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 wait till you can watch it on any of the services that you currently own, or wait for it to come out on broadcast TV. Because I I, I shit you not. Do not any money to go see 65 because you will be completely even having the lowest expectations that I had for that film because I dropped the bar real low I went real low with it and somehow somehow they just made that movie like even even worse than my expectations it was like wow this is really just just what they did there but cool was it the casting was it Adam Driver or was it just the movie all over nah you you know what Without going into spoilers, let's just say, you know, it's the kind of movie, right, that you look at, and, and, and there's one of two ways that you can go about and make this movie actually quality. You can either go so deep into the concept of it 
and make it a high-concept, smart nerd film, which most of your mainstream audience isn't going to like, but it's going to get it's going to get that like cult following of fucking nerds that are like, yeah, man, fucking world is awesome, huge world building. We're going to make it Star Wars. We're going to make it Dune. We're going to do all that shit with it, right? No, they failed on that end. That, yep, look, the concept <laughs> sucks uh, because they they don't build anything really at all. They're just like, yep, yep, there you go. So the other way you can go with it is to make it high-octane act- high action, baby, Fast and the Furious style, Jurassic Park meets fucking Star Wars. Yeah, nope, that don't happen either, you know, because ultimately they were just like, hey, you know, we got some money for the movie, but then we also got a whole bunch of refund money back because of where we made the movie, and well, we, we paid Adam Driver, and we did put a script together, and uh, yep. There you go. There are dinosaurs in the movie. You're going to kind of see them, maybe, yes, sort of. And, uh, yeah, have a nice day, everybody. Okay, it couldn't be more. Again, I'm telling you, man, like this film, I was initially so stoked for it. I was like, man, it kind of sounds cool. It sounds like sci-fi. And then I'm like, all right, you know what? It's got dinosaurs. How bad could it be if it has dinosaurs? Yeah. Yeah, well. Mm -hmm. It's like watching... uh, (laughs) Deep blue sea. Like we're three. talking, like we're like we're t- we're talking worse than like you know the new Jurassic Park movies. No, 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 no. Those movies are. I mean, I'm going to say the new Jurassic Park movies are better. I'll take. I'll even take Fallen Kingdom over ever seeing this one movie again. <laughs> this movie's plot <laughs> and script was something that belonged on the Sci-Fi Channel. Like this is something you oh. normally see on the Sci-Fi Channel, and you're like, you oh. know, wow. This movie would be really good if they got, like, good camera operators and a little bit of money and maybe, like, a real actor, not some fucking washed-up television actor. Except here's what I discovered this weekend. If you keep that script and story exactly the same and just upgrade the looks and give it a better actor, the movie still sucks. And worse, (laughs) because at least when you have the shitty actors in it, there's like a charm. There's an appeal to it because it's like so bad that you're like, man, this could be a great movie. But it's it's a fucking pipe dream because the reality is it was still a bad fucking movie. It was just a bad movie with a good actor. And I love Adam Driver. I do. I feel like Adam Driver is like, you know, that, that dark brooding like like type of guy that kind of acts with his his face and and it's all about his looks and it's about his physicality and his like the way he holds himself. It's not him being an action star. You know he's not fucking. You know he's not Star Lord. He's not Chris Pratt. You know, it's, it's just not his demeanor. So let's not try to make him that because that didn't work either. But even like the dramatic parts of this movie made me want to like fucking. It made me wish I was on the fucking planet. When the fucking asteroids hit, you know what I mean? Like, come on, wipe me out with the dinosaurs and fucking A, baby, take me down. So, so yeah, that's how I felt about 65. So please don't spend money on it. And I, I love the theater. I love the theater, but there's not enough spectacle to fucking make you want to go see this one in the theater. Yeah, and I, I like Adam Driver, too. I, I loved him in The Dead Don't Die. Uh, and also, there was that movie. I think it was called a wedding, uh, marriage story, or a wedding story that I saw. That was like yeah, a dramatic uh, movie. Uh, was, mar- marriage story, I think it was. That was on Netflix. Yes, phenomenal, man. That was great. I wanted it to. That's a great movie. 
<laughs> I know. It was amazing. Like, I loved him in that movie. So I saw him in 65. I was like, I don't know if that's good casting, because that just seems like a Bruce Campbell movie on sci-fi. Like, it's Ted Gould. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, yeah, Bruce Campbell in 65. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm on this planet, and there's dinosaurs. It's like, no, yeah, there's Bruce. That's his movie. And it was produced <laughs> by Sam Raimi. should have been in it. <laughs> Should just give him the part. Oh, little itty bitty dinosaurs, little bitty dinosaurs. Yeah, it was produced by Sam Raimi, I think. It was. I think yeah, '65 was that's produced what they by Sam Raimi. But I think like a lot of these movies are like produced by Sam Raimi. It's like that's just a credit. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you put my name on it. I don't care. <laughs> Sam produced some money. <laughs> yeah, no one. Yeah, I help you get some money and some money. More money and some money, and I want the tax credit money back. <laughs> I don't know what Sam Raimi sounds like. I'm just, just making fun. Just, it is. You know, it's like South Park That's at this point. Exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. He watches the interview, he's like, Yeah, I got Bruce Spade in the movie. That's great. And there's Spider Man 4. You know, like, he just puts his affectation to his voice when he talks, so that's actually accurate. Um, so, moving on from 65 to Scream 6, uh, once again, Ghoul, I'm going to give this to you because I, I have a lot to say and trying to figure out how to do it for you. So, uh, give us your thoughts on Scream Part 6. We're going to New York. Baby. Nah, you know, come on, man. I just had all that, all that airtime with 65. Please, King. I've been dying. I haven't been <laughs> about it. I did one detail. I've been waiting for, the, for this moment on the air. I know kind of what your feelings were on the movie, but I really want to hear what your thoughts were on Scream 6. Monkey, if you don't uh, want spoilers. No, we're, we're cool because I actually want to, I want to hear your opinions because, again, we've been talking, we've been building it up. They've been promising, promising, you know, it's going to be different. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be gorier, this and that. So this is what I want, you know, so, yeah, I'm here because I want to know, did they actually deliver? Or did they give us another, you know, uh, after all the promises, you go, did they, did they deliver? <laughs> so you are going to get two very different opinions, I am sure, Monkey, uh, for this screen <laughs> <six> <laughs> breakdown. Because I am going to try to remain spoiler-free, because for the audience at home, it is a fresh movie. I don't want to give too much away. Um, but I went in low expectations, right, you're right. as I always try to do with screen movies. Um, did the same thing with screen five. Low expectations, let's see what happens. I uh, went in the Scream 6. I'm like, okay, there's a new setting. Like, I don't care if they set it in Florida. Like, the location doesn't matter. Just give me a good story, give me some good kills, and I'll be a happy little king of horror. Uh, for me, the movie did not deliver on what Jenna Ortega was saying about how, oh, Nev Campbell's not in this one, but there's going to be so much fucking gore that you're going to be like, wow, we don't even need her. Well, first of all, you don't. This movie actually proved you do not need Sidney Prescott in a Scream movie. Like, we're fine without you. Stay away. We're fine. So I was okay with that. But the gore, um, the gore is okay. Like, it was fine. But, again, I am looking at it from my perspective of being a horror fan. So I've seen tons of gory movies where there's intestines, Tom Savini, Rob Bottin, Rick Baker type shit. This movie was okay. Like, it had some gore. It just it wasn't what was being touted as, like, the goriest, grisliest. The ghost face is the meanest he's ever been. I guess. I mean – in some aspects, maybe, but for some reason, in Scream 5 and Scream 6, the Ghostface Killer is a very quick fucking stabber. This, like when he stabs people. Like, it's not like the old Screams where he would take his time and stab people. For some reason, he's a very quick, like, you know, type of, of killer. Uh, the cold open, I kind of liked, except everything about it was, like, wrong for me because it was like you're, you're going against what you're talking about. 
And then they did a double flip, and I was like, okay, I'm back in. I like, I like the double flip of the cold open. Again, trying not to do too many spoilers. Um, the character is very one-dimensional from the first one. I do not like Jenna Ortega at all. So to see her back, fine. You know, everybody's loving her right now, and that's cool. I'm not a fan. Um, Fuck kind of her. Like, okay. The legacy <laughs> characters, you know, having Gail come back. with her, man? I, I don't like it. I just, you know, she just has that dead face and just doesn't really know how to act very well, so I don't really care. Um, I think another problem is that there is no stakes with any of the core four, with any of the characters in this movie where they're the core characters. You know, the side characters, they could fucking get stabbed in the face, and they're like, okay, well, they're done. You know, we don't really know that character anyway. But the core characters, like, you think there's going to be some stakes, you know, and, and Mindy, the character, Randy Meeks' uh, niece, explains everything. Like, this is a franchise. Like, none of us are safe. You kind of are, though. And that's where I felt like it dropped the ball in a lot of ways. Um, you know, in particular, one character where it's like, that fucker is dead. And then maybe not. Like, you know, it's just us. It was just, I was insulted by the end. Like, having Kirby back, fine, but she did nothing. Like, she didn't advance the plot at all. She's just like, hey, remember me from Scream 4? I'm with the FBI, and I am 30 years old. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. But, again, it just it was too predictable in spots. It was just, you know, and, and Dermot Mulroney just kind of shows up to do his fucking shitty acting as well, and you're like, okay, well, I have him pegged, so it's fine. <laughs> and then you have Gail, again, useless fucking character. She does not need to be in this movie. There is no reason for Gail to be in this movie at all except to be like, ah, I was in the other ones. And you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> so what are we doing with you? Oh, right, you wrote another book, so you just fucked over everything you said at the end of five. We were like, I'm going to write all about Dewey, and he's the hero. And then she's like, nope, I'm going back to Scream 1. I'm going to be a bitch. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I, I, you know, she's got a hunky black boyfriend this time for some reason that's in there for maybe two minutes. Like, what? And then, what? what? Okay. <laughs> it's just, and the third act falls the fuck apart. Like, the revelation of the killers in this movie is so fucking absurd because it's been done before. They did it already. So they're just kind of redoing something they already did. It's nothing original. And then when you get to it, you're like, okay, I'm going to have to really accept this explanation. And then they explain it, and you're like, <laughs> I told the ghoul when I texted him, I let out the biggest fucking sigh, and I folded my arms when they explained why they were doing what they were doing. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I literally said something out loud where the people next to me were like, shh. I was like, but it's stupid. <laughs> this isn't right. Like, this doesn't work. They want, they just want you to, to like everything explain to you, and it still doesn't make any sense. And the one thing I did like was the killer shrine that you see in the trailers, where it made me realize I fucking missed Scream, that first movie. Like seeing Stu's robe and the TV that killed him, and all the other shit from the first Scream. Like I really just want to go back and watch Scream, and I did. When I got home, immediately watched the first Scream. Like this is so much better. I was like, I took a sigh. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, remember this fucking movie? It was so good. I miss you guys. I miss you, Billy. I miss you, Stu, and like all the classic characters, you know, and it's just like, I, I'm trying not to do spoilers, but there was one uh, moment where I told the ghoul about it where fucking a character dies, and I fucking laughed out loud in the theater. Like, I was the only one fucking laughing, and everybody's like, what? What are you laughing about? I'm like, dude, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, that was so stupid. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it's... Oh, yeah, I just, I was the wrong person for this movie. 
I wore my fucking Ghostface T-shirt to the theater. Everybody's like, man, that's a cool fucking shirt. And I was like, yeah, I wish the movie had been just as cool. But it's just, <laughs> you know there's going to be a seventh one. This movie fucking ends it with a fucking bow. Like, you don't need to do any more movies. Like, there's no more story left, you know, unless they do it the way that I was telling the ghoul about in our text about how there could have been an alternate ending, which could have set up something cool. But instead, it's like, eh, we'll do a seventh one because this movie made fucking massive amount of money. And I'll talk about that a little bit in horror news. But I, I literally talked to myself the entire ride home about how angry I was. Like, literally, I'm talking to myself out loud. And I'm like, and another thing. What the fuck was that all about? Like, I was like, God, I'm so fucking mad. Like, I, was like, I was like, why did this movie not make any sense? I was like, you know, I kind of want to watch part five again because at least I wasn't angry at part five. I was like, I'm angry at six. I was like, oh, God. It just, it was so because it just made it too easy for me to figure out who was doing things. And uh, I don't know. Anyway, Google, please take over so I could take a breath and, and not be so angry. It's going to stick anymore. breathe. He's like the fucking, he's like the drunk guy in license to drive, you know, cutting, cutting his fucking <laughs> lemons on the dashboard. Talking about people, people's the problem. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> singing Frank Sinatra and shit in the car. Um, That's life. Yeah. Wow. Wow, King, you definitely, yeah, that's live. <laughs> Sing it, Frankie. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, obviously the King, who I know you you wanted to go spoiler-free on that, but I just, I don't know, I think I think you kind of bailed a little bit. You did all right. You didn't do terrible. Um, I'll, I'll try to, to say it. Spoiler-free. I didn't say who the killers were. I didn't say anything, though. No, okay. no. All right, for starters, Ghoul did <laughs> Did you like it? Uh, I enjoyed the movie. I did, okay? I think uh, I found it to be fun, frenetic, all kinds of chaotic, you know? Did, did they live up to this being the goriest of the Scream movies? Yes. Yeah, I, I felt like out of all of the Scream films, this is probably the bloodiest one that, that, that I remember seeing, you know? And I've, I've seen them all since the beginning, you know, first one in theater. Um you know, did did they deliver on anything mind blowing with the plot? No. It's a scream movie. It's the sixth movie in the franchise. Which is literally just like the original Scream called out time and time again that they were in a horror movie. This is mm-hmm. simply paying full homage to that, and they are now acknowledging that they are in a franchise. I think what this movie did right was it, it, in a lot of ways, kept itself meta and made fun of other films within the horror genre that were franchises like this. You know, you had uh, the, the most obvious one will be the Jason Takes Manhattan references. I mean, you you got to mm-hmm. be fucking... You know, you you got to have zero horror knowledge to not get it. You know, because if they yeah, they yeah. literally stick it right the fuck in your face, like they literally <laughs> put it right in, right the in front of yep. your face. It's right there. Right there. So it's yep. like, okay, <laughs> you, you better get this joke, assholes, because if you don't, then you really fucking shouldn't be in this movie. Um, but yeah. They, they, <laughs> They, they they did what they set out to do. And, and like I said, by the time the movie ended, I was, you know what, we were happy. Um, the rest of the audience seemed quite happy as well. I mean, there was not, there was nobody in the theater grumbling 
and talking to themselves and mumbling like the king. Um, you know, for the most part, it seemed like there was a bunch of happy moviegoers. Uh, I, too, found, you know, plenty of things that I guess you could consider were, you know, rote or predictable. I called who the killer was way early in the movie. Um, oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, I said it to the ghoul girl. She made note of it. And sure as shit, when it happened, she was like, damn, you fucking called that shit. Uh, so so that, that, that with, you know, that notwithstanding, you know, the rest of it was still a fun ride. There was blood. There was gore. There was, there was violence. It, it's a franchise. It's a legacy. No, you don't need Sidney Prescott, which I was, you know, again, I was happy about. You know, I wasn't really worried yeah, about it to too. begin with, but. Now, I know maybe other people were. Maybe they felt like, you know, without her in it, it just wasn't going to be the same. But I don't know. I think they, they told a decent story. I know you have issues with Jenna Ortega. Uh, you know, I, I don't share those same same issues. Now, I might be a little bit biased because I like that cutesy little face of hers. Um, you like the pouty face. You know, that's it. she's got the pouty mouth. You know what I mean? And, and that... that yeah, that's always going to win. But you know what? Funny enough, I actually found her sister quite attractive in this movie. Oh, um, she was hot. Because, yeah, much better looking than she was in the uh, in Scream 5. Uh, they worked on her mm-hmm. eyebrows a little bit, which was nice. She was, like, almost yeah. rocking a unibrow mm-hmm. in Scream 5. This time she got, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, two, two, two brows. Her unibrow was almost as bad as the girl in the movie last week that we covered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> but... But you know she. But you know, like no. it's funny too. What I realized not the about Jenna Ortega is that Jenna Ortega's got the body of like a ten-year-old boy. You know, and they try yeah. like to to really keep the shots like from her, of her like from the front on, so you don't realize that she's got no like features. Anything contour? Like anytime no contours. Anytime no curves. they showed like a a side shot, you clearly see that they were, like, padding her bra just to give her, like, <laughs> yep. small A tubs, totally. like, in there just so it looked like yep. she had boobs. It was like, like I said, it was like looking at a 10-year-old, you know, and it was kind of like, I like your pouty mouth, but I don't <laughs> like children, so I guess, I guess, I guess this is no <laughs> deal. Um, but you know what? There you go, General Ortega. You're safe, okay? You can mark yourself safe on <laughs> Facebook from, from, keep, from, from the ghoul. From, okay? from the ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> from the ghoul. You're perfectly fine. Um Sam, on the other hand, she's too. You know the problem with Sam is she's too tall. It's either Jenna or like that. That was one thing we were talking about. Either Jenna Ortega is really, really short, or the actress playing she's Sam tiny. Yeah, she's is really, tiny. really tall. I know she is, but if you notice, like, like I noticed going up to like doors and shit like that, like Sam's character like towered over like the fucking like the eyesights on the doors in yeah, the city and yep. the apartments and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> She's a really tall girl. She's probably almost like she might be like five ten. She might be five eleven, and I can I can never get with a girl my height. That would just make me feel weird. Um, right? Not emasculated. It's just the uh, like I don't know, like the 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 face to face. Yeah, sure. It just be kind of like yeah. weird. I don't know. Like I like to go down a little bit, you know, like that and like that. Um, yeah. But, oh yeah. But, but yes, I had fun. I thought it was bloody. I thought it was gory. See, that's how you do a spoiler-free but totally nonsensical review of Scream 6. Because um, none of it made sense, yeah. I didn't tell you shit anyway. You'll have fun going to see yeah. that movie, unlike 65. It's well worth the price of admission. Go pay a couple of dollars. Go see it. Go enjoy it. Walk out smiling. Just turn your brain off and understand that you're seeing the sixth movie in a franchise. It's a yeah. franchise that's built itself mm-hmm. making fun 
of the fucking the, the, the genre in general. And it's all there. Yeah. In my opinion, as far as rankings go, I mean, I could almost, I could almost flip-flop six and four as, like, my number two on my favorite, like, in the, in the films. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think Scream 1 and Scream 2 are, are my two favorites, and then 3 is still at the bottom. 3 is still the worst. Like, I didn't like 6, but at least it wasn't 3. Like, 3 is still just, that really oh, three is a sh- it's shit, bro. Like, we put it on the other night, yeah. too. You know, I put it on the other night just because it does get referenced in it the does, film. Yeah. Yep. Obviously, and 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 you know, like I was like, you know, maybe I've just misunderstood that movie all these years. Maybe I just just didn't get it. You know, no, no, Scream Three's still bad. It's still like just nope, <laughs> nope, not a good movie. You know, fucking it's between still, Courtney still. Cox's shit choice of hair, Ooh. those fucking bangs. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what were you thinking, lady? Like, you look like you <laughs> stepped off the fucking mothership. You need to get a wig. <laughs> they should, okay, you know how they fucking put Tar- they put Tarkin back in, like, Rogue One and stuff? Somebody needs to go back and retreat Scream 3 and give Gail Weathers different hair. Like, that. that's the kind of shit that digital, <laughs> you know, fucking photography and digital ca- camera work, that's what it's for. You know, the so you can just animate that and let her have, like, give her fucking Medusa hair, it'll be better than that fucking dude she was rocking. Oh, especially <laughs> part two where she had the red streaks, and she was smoking hot in part two. Like, I was like, man, she's got the red streaks, she's wearing the short skirts, she's wearing the heels. I was like, yeah, and then you go to Scream 3, and what the fuck happened? But it's just, it, mm-hmm. they do reference it uh, in Scream 6, and I, I appreciate I appreciated the fact that they referenced all the Scream movies. Like I said, with the lair, with all the stuff from all the previous movies. Um it's but a franchise. I, the, movie, the movie is, uh, they, they consider it the longest because it's two hours and five minutes. The one thing that I really wish they had done was kind of explored how Sam and Tara uh, just deal with trauma better. Like, they try to. Like, they, they tried to kind of make an effort uh, early on in the movie, but, like, I kind of wanted more because you have Tara... Uh, who is like the party girl at the beginning of the movie where she's like, I just want to fucking party and drink. Like, this is how I deal with shit. Like, I just want to fucking hang out and just have a good time. And Sam's like, well, no, like, I fucking need to go see a therapist and I need to be on medication. Like, I kind of wish they had just done a little bit more with that. And I probably would have been a little happier because I I like seeing how characters would deal with trauma like that. And I get that, I do, but you know what's funny too is like, cause again, these are all things like I've been spending time thinking about since seeing the movie. So like, hey, if this is one of those, uh, I forget, I, I've already forgot what they fucking call them. Are they enhanced horror or enlightened horror? Uh, elevated. Ele- elevated. This was an elevated movie. Maybe that's what you're going to see, right? But that's not what we're going to see. Mm-hmm. What we're going to see is a franchise movie, right? Now think about this yeah. real quick. What other franchise have we seen multiple characters survive a traumatic experience like this and one which goes off the deep end and, like, goes into full party mode? Mm. You got me on that. Which H2. one? Halloween 2. Come on. It's a yes, rockabilly you're right. Yeah. But, as we're well, watching Warrior Crow go into full party mode. <laughs> Again, there yeah. are French. Like, yeah. the, the cuts are deep in ways in this movie. It's weird, bro. Like I said, if you look for it, it is there. There are lots of references to 
franchise films, and that is yeah. completely what yeah. they do. I know you're sitting here telling me that you didn't like that one thing because of what happened to that one character, but then you bring up fucking part two, man, and you know my biggest thing with part two is the fact that Dewey didn't die. Dewey should have died in part two, man. Yes. So I'll never, <laughs> ever hate on a character getting his fucking ass slashed, fucking stabbed. You can stick a fucking blade up their vagina 18 times, and if they don't die in a screen movie, I'm going to be like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> no, yeah. That's why I said they, there are, are no stakes. And, I, yeah, that was my biggest thing. And I, it just – you want there to be stakes. Like, like Randy has always said, like, you know, in a movie like this, like, nobody is safe. Like, we are so far into this series now that nobody is safe. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, even Sid, you could possibly die too. But it's like, you know Sid's never going to fucking die. Like, you know, she she's just, you know, always going to live on and – I was kind of glad they didn't bring her back for, you know, part uh, six. I know they've said if there's going to be a part seven, which we know there's going to be, because this movie fucking made a lot of money. Um, they're like, well, maybe we'll bring her back. I'm like, please don't. Please, please don't. Please don't. We don't need her. We don't need Gail. We just don't need them anymore. Like, it's fine. You can make a competent screen movie without legacy characters. You can. Well, this movie almost Well, the did. funny thing, too, though, is, is we do have other legacy characters to still bring in as well if need be. You know, Jerry O'Connell being one of them. You know, we know his character well, died, so he, he can yeah. always turn up. And we know that, that Sidney is married to, to Patrick Dempsey's character from the yes. end of yep. uh, from That's right. well, The Cop in Part 3. Kincaid. So, you know, yeah. we, we have yep. other people. That can, yes, yeah, Max Kincaid, right? Sam Kincaid. I forget what the yes. guy's name was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Max Kincaid. You're right. So, yeah, I mean, they, they can always come back. But um, I do like the fact that they had a drop line when they're in the shrine uh, and they're talking about all the screams and everything that happened before. Uh, and Kirby's talking about Stu Mocker. And Mindy's like, well, I mean, if you believe he's dead, because the Internet has fucking always said bring back Stu. Because that was supposed to be Scream 3, <laughs> where he survived and he's in jail. And he's orchestrating these killings from prison, you know. And it's like, well, if you could bring back Force Ghost fucking Billy – in part five, you can bring back Sue in some way. Look at you making balls with Joe. Always. Hey, pick up the knife. There is another. Good, doesn't he? <laughs> like it just, I just, I couldn't like when that happened in part five. I was like, oh my god, it's a force ghost, Billy. <laughs> yeah, I'm your dad. You gotta kill him. Like, I was like, wow, he's got the hair too. You know. Yeah, except here's my problem with Force Goes Billy, okay? You know, if you're going to do Force <laughs> Goes Billy, which, which you're doing, right? You're doing it. Mm-hmm. So why not give us just a straight-up young digital recreation of the actor? As in, you know, <laughs> the age in which he died. Instead of giving us mm-hmm. present-day Skeet Ulrich, <laughs> yeah. looking a little, just a little heavier hair. in the face, a little bit droopy, yep. you know, looking like he's gotten a little bit of Botox, you know. That ain't the fucking ghost, bro. We can see you clear it up, you know. So, like, come on, man. <laughs> You're going to get paid for the fucking dialogue, bro. Do you really think it needs to be seen that bad? Yeah, I don't know. It's, just, it, it's so weird to see that. Yeah, they could have de-aged him a little bit. But, no. Dead people just, don't age. They just have... 
Nope, they just had a current <laughs> age fucking Skeet Ulrich wearing the white fucking V-neck and the fucking banged hair <laughs> talking to his daughter. Oh, God, it's, 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 it's so much fun. Um, <laughs> shut up in part five. I'm like, oh, my God, we're doing this? Like, where's the stew ghost? Where's Force Ghost Stew? Going, yeah, man, it's a scream, baby. Do it. Get it off. <laughs> fucking stick coming out of his Died mouth. Died a virgin. <laughs> no, he got laid. So we don't, we're never going to see Tatum. his Force Tatum Ghost. was a fucking. Was she, though? We don't know if she was a whore. We don't know if she oh, put out. Oh, she definitely was. No, she was definitely fucking. Uh, I mean, she, like, she might have. gave up that vibe. You might be judging, man. I knew plenty of girls that were like that, but, you know, secretly were kind of tame in the bed. Well, and plus, uh, at the end of Scream 1, when Ray's going over the rules, he's like, you can never have sex. And he's like, I'd be a dead man. Yeah, I, I, I was like, yeah he fucks. Stu fucks. Whether it's Billy or Tatum, he's fucking. He's fucking somebody. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who, but he's definitely, he's definitely Welcome, fucking really. somebody because he, like... Yeah, he's fucking somebody. Uh, I just, I, I don't think he died a virgin. I think he died very much laid. Uh, but if he died, who knows? I mean, it's just, it's stupid. Like, they could bring anybody back at this point. I'm surprised fucking Dewey doesn't float his fucking dead ass back in part seven. I'm here to warn you guys about the fucking ghost face killer. It's like, Dewey? Yes, I'm coming from the afterlife. <laughs> oh, cool. Gail, don't yeah, write the book, cool here, guys. Don't write the book. <laughs> just floating above her oh my god so um but anyway so uh let's get into some news that i have for horror news um so i wanted to of course talk about uh the box office records for scream because as of today worldwide box office is 75 million 110 thousand five hundred and two dollars at the box office oh, not so bad at all. 75 yeah. million that is a very good, based off a budget of between 30 and $35 million to hit, you know you're going to see a fucking screen shot. So, you know, Surpri- it's, it's Surprisingly, I expected more. Mm-hmm. I expect, you know Didn't what, you? seeing the amount of people going to the theater this weekend around here for this movie, like, yeah, all the showings around here were packed. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, even for Thursday night, you know, which normally, you know, I'll go on a Thursday, you know, I'll go, well, we went on a Wednesday, actually, um, right? No, we went last Thursday, sorry, my bad. Uh, I was thinking the week before. Um, yeah, no, going on uh, Thursday, you know, I, I do plenty of movies on, because, you know, Thursday's the, like, I know Friday's considered an opening night for movies. It's like so, you know, TV. if you go to the movies regularly enough, you know, Thursday night is really when they do it. They do Thursday night previews. You yeah. get showtimes at mm-hmm. 5 and 7, and... Mm-hmm. You know, we ended up doing like the seven. We did the seven forty-five because the seven was completely packed. And when I got my tickets mm-hmm. to the seven forty-five, there were only like two or three other people in that showing at that time. But when we were there that night, nah, that one was packed too, man. I mean, we we had plenty of people around us. It yeah, wasn't no, my, uh... out by any stretch, but it, but it was filled. Yeah, I went to uh, a Saturday showing, and it was a matinee. It was a 1 o'clock, um, and it wasn't very packed. I mean, there was a few people in there, but for some reason, there was, like, a whole row of people that were sitting so close to the screen. Like, they were two rows away from the screen, and I was like, why are you doing that? You have the whole theater. Why are you <laughs> sitting there? But for because some reason, they because those sit- are the poor people's seats now, remember? You have to pay extra. Not a Regal. The prime That's not AMC does that, not Regal. Regal is all about just you're lucky that you're here. <laughs> They're not trying to charge you extra, you know, for tickets. 
<laughs> We're just happy oh, to yeah. have you show up. It's so awesome that people want to come to our theater. You know what I did notice about the AMC theater? Uh, I've noticed something that, you know, they, they've actually started doing. They've removed mm. those rows that were right underneath the tele, right under, right under the television screen, seriously, that were right <laughs> under the movie screen. So, like, it doesn't look really? like, it looks like oh, a okay. lot of the theaters, yeah, they don't have those, like, your fucking face is right up against the screen. Why did you pay money for this ticket? Like, those seats are gone, which I think is a good thing. You know what? I mean, again, if it means less mm-hmm. people in that theater, then, then so be it. But at least everybody that's in there, you know, they pay money to go see a movie, not fucking have to look up, you know, a, a character's nostril. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I agree. Like I said, again, I didn't know why those people were sitting there, but they were very comfortable, you know, because the seats reclined and stuff like that. So I was like, hey, more power to you. I just wouldn't sit there. Uh, I was like, I always sit on the end. I sit a little far away from the screen so I can get the whole experience. Um, but uh, also, I wanted to say a quick congratulations to Kehu Kwan, Jimmy Lee Curtis, and Brendan Fraser all wrapping up the Oscars with wins. Uh, incredible. I know that the dean, he's not here, but he was very excited to see. Uh, Quan win the Oscar for everything, everywhere, all oh, at once. Oh yeah, man! Uh, going from little round, to, uh, short round to the Goonies, and now he's an Oscar award-winning uh, actor, which is amazing. Uh, a lot of controversy with Jimmy Lee Curtis, though. A lot of people kind of upset that Angela Bassett didn't win for Black Panther, uh, especially because she didn't seem very happy. I guess <laughs> when Jimmy Lee Curtis uh, won, she seemed pretty upset about it. So a lot of people are kind of upset. I don't know why. I mean, who cares? Like, I, I don't really put any stock into award ceremonies anyway, but a lot of people not really happy that uh, Curtis won the Oscar. But her speech was great because she thanked all of us genre fans for liking her shit. So I was like, yeah, you're welcome. We went to go see Halloween Ends. We all were part of that Oscar. <laughs> we went to see Corey's story. We fired out at your house and your vacation. Yeah, we were there for that. In your car. So... <laughs> Um, so it's very, and Brendan Fraser, fucking, I, I love the fact that he won for the whale. I've never seen it, but just love seeing Brendan Fraser happy for once. Cause I know he's had a hard time, you know, the past couple of years. So to see him actually, you know, get the uh, award, it's big. I mean, this fucking Encino man, you know, and he's up there winning the Oscar. Well, again, it's great. One of, uh, six degrees separation too. Kilu Kwan is also in Encino man as like the is? math yeah. nerd. So, so there's that mm-hmm. one sequence where, like, you know, like, there's, like, one or two scenes in which you see the two of them together. It's like, for me, you know, like, absolutely. I thought it was great that Brendan won, you know, because he's, he's one of those actors that I've always appreciated. Now, you know, like, has he been in films that, that you know, are, are, are serious or, like, Oscar, you know, contenders? Yes. But, you know, I always think of him as fucking Link. I always think of him, you know, from <laughs> yeah. the Mummy movies. You know, he's Rick. Um, I think that was the character. Yeah, definitely uh, the Mummy movies. Yeah, so, so like, I, I will always, like, I remember seeing Encino Man, you know, in the theaters. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, fucking Brendan Fraser was a fucking caveman. You know, like, I didn't know this guy from <laughs> yeah. a hole in the wall. So, you know what? He totally sold me. You know what? You're a fucking caveman, bro, and I dig it. You know, and fucking, look, there's Mikey from the fucking Goonies, you know? So, so yeah. uh, again, you had that. And then, then you know. And the weed, you know, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's in the bit. Oh. have the weed song. He's the weed, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, also, you know, Michelle Yao for fucking, for winning everything. Yeah, they cleaned up, man. Yeah. And, you know, 
I know I know we talked about that film like a little bit on this show because you know we're both we're so most of us are you know sci-fi types of nerds to a right. degree. Well, maybe not the king so much, but I know me and Monkey are. No, not me. And you know what's what's, <laughs> yep. what's funny to me anyway? Like I remember when we both watched that movie and we both came away from it and we were both like, yeah, it was a very enjoyable movie. Like I remember really liking everything everywhere at once. But at no point while watching that movie did I think to myself, this is going to be an Oscar-nominated film. Hell at no. no. After, watching, after watching that movie, I've never gone back and watched it again. Because that's how little I actually no. fucking, like, you know, like, I liked it, but I really never thought about it again afterwards, you know? So it fucking, like, baffled my brain when I started hearing about all these nominations for it. So the idea that that movie even won, I think I'm still having trouble fucking, like, buying that that happened. <laughs> um, you know, because this is yeah. a fucking yeah. weird one to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah and I'm with, Ashton, with look, you there, man. Her performance Black Panther was fucking amazing, but it is what it is. I'm sorry, Monkey. What are you going Marvel movie. Yeah, it's cool. But, yeah, Fuck we both you, Marvel movies watch rock. everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's just the, the movie itself. It's like, it was fun. It was, But I took it as weird, low-budget, sci-fi, you know, weird, trippy, you know, interesting, trans-dimensional kind of shit. But nowhere is that, you know, anywhere, like, Near Science of the Lambs or anything like that, you know. I, I, I it's not on that level. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to disparage Marvel movies, ghoul. I was just saying that the Academy doesn't really fucking like Marvels, <laughs> you know. No, I mean, it's a Marvel movie, <laughs> this is, like, you know, poo poo. It's the first. It's the yeah. first time somebody got nominated for it. She's the first actor to get nominated. <laughs> yep. for, was it a Marvel movie? So, yeah. you know, props to her mm-hmm. for getting that. Her performance was great. Uh, again, I. Her performance out of everybody in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, hers is the best in the entire movie. So, you know, if Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it, just to even watch that, then, you know, just go ahead for it. I think what also kills me with everything everywhere at once is, is like, maybe for a lot of other people, that was their introduction to, like, that kind of, like, universe. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just because it's such a... Uh, such a sci-fi trope, like something I've seen so many times before, that like yeah, it, right. just, it, it bugs me out that like this movie is the one that ends up like doing it. Like I feel like The Matrix was a better concept, and that didn't get nominated for a fucking Best Picture. Yeah, because if anything, everything you know, everything is a lot like John dies at the end. It's in that weird ass. You know, shit like Johnny Darko, if you will. You know that that kind of vein mm. of sci-fi. <clears throat> I might like that then. If it's like John Dies at the end, I might actually like that movie. <laughs> I might actually have well, to watch what's, it. What's funny is <clears throat> all the interviews that I heard, and now like, I am going to rewatch the movie. You know, mm. I'm going to do it when like the hubbub dies down a little bit, and after I catch all the other shit that I watch all the time. Um, <laughs> try to finish Outer Banks, and that's been taking us like two weeks now. Uh, you know, for the the latest season, we just love those fucking little oh, yeah. boppers and fucking out cute outfits. Um, I mean, I don't, whatever. They're probably like thirty, but they they're playing like they're fucking yeah. sixteen, eighteen, whatever it is. Um, welcome you know, to like, the you're talking bitch. about how I guess like you know. <laughs> The the one thing that you read from, like, the performance and everything is, like, Michelle Yao put, like, the entirety of what her experience as an Asian person in the world, I guess, 
I don't know. Like, I want to say it's like an Asian in America, but she's not necessarily American, you know? Like, I know most of her shit was done in, like, Hong Kong and stuff like that. So, yeah, but, like, yeah, that, that's what trio, she's saying is, is in the movie, you know? And, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's me being a non-woke white person because, like, I didn't Possibly. see any of that in the movie. I didn't see any of that stuff but because I just saw a fun science fiction film that has, <laughs> yeah. like, multiversal stories and, and martial arts at times, man. And I love fucking Michelle mm. Yao. You know, like, I mean, come on, man. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is one of my favorite fucking movies of all time. No, because you just watched a movie like we all do. You didn't analyze it. You're like, hmm, hmm, I see that. <laughs> no, you watched a fun movie, and you're like, oh, that was fun. You know, you didn't but really I look into anything else. look for that No, no. You know what I mean? Like, like that would be saying like if I watched Nope and only saw Nope for you know the the the, the alien science fiction film, but right. there was more to mm-hmm. Nope. You clearly saw that there was more to Nope. I feel like it wasn't that clear. Like so, is it one of those things mm-hmm. where like it's only there if you look for it? Is it only there now because they told us that it was there? Like I don't know. It's like I said, it, it, it's a weird one. I've got theories on shit, but you know I, I don't want to be labeled racist. We don't need that kind of controversy. No, no, and you're not. We we know. I mean, it's fine. Um, what are you going to say, Michael? Oh, I hate everybody equally. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate yeah, people. But, but again, uh, but the thinking is, you know, like, you know, ghouls comparing Nope and everything. It's like everything also, though, you know, puts that weird shit right in your face. And, you're, and it's, you know, Barry Hitchhiker's Guide also, like, on a level of wittiness and makes you think immediately right there on the spot. It's not really layered and deep diving like compared to Jordan Peele's writing, you know, where he's trying to sit there and teach you a lesson in that. So I'm with the goal mm. where if they were sitting there, you know, trying to teach us stuff about Asian cultures and this and that, um, I really wasn't getting it either. It's like because I was more in tune with all of the inter, the, you know, <laughs> travel between the planes of reality, if you will. <laughs> so big trouble in one of the time is what you're saying. Just, just watch it, King. Uh, don't worry. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's very little. There's very little beep boop beep. You should be okay. Okay. Well, no, I'm, well, like I said, Monkey, when you compared it to like John dies at the end, I'm like, you know what? I could probably vibe with it because I do love that movie. So I'll have to check it out. Maybe this weekend. I still have a fucking another Creed movie to get through. So <laughs> I had creativity to get through. So we'll we'll see where I'm, I'm at this weekend. <clears throat> but uh, uh, okay, so. We've been talking about Jenny Ortega, Jenny, fucking Jenna Ortega. I keep calling her Jenny. Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. Just remember that Jenny means you have to make a facial expression, and Jenna, that's you true. don't, just like her she face. She doesn't know how. Okay. So, she just has to do a pouty uh, mouth. What else do you want to see from her? Nothing. I don't want to ever see her again. That's my problem. But anyway, uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Jenna Ortega and Michael Keaton are in talks to star in Beetlejuice Part 2. Production is scheduled to begin in May or early June, with shooting taking place in London, but budget has not been set, resulting in a back and forth. If a deal is made, Ortega will play the daughter of Lydia Dietz in Beetlejuice 2. Fuck. So it looks like it's happening. You know, it's just... Fuck that. Well, I, I don't think we need it at all, but it's fine. I mean, it's 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 been so long where I'm like, do we even need it anymore? But I'd probably go see it, <laughs> you know, when if it's officially announced yeah. that Beetlejuice 2 is happening. 
Um, uh, so an another thing about Jenna Ortega, aside from starring in, of course, you know, why it's, six, why are we refining her? <laughs> I'm not giving her these hashtags. We're a fucking <laughs> Jenna Ortega podcast, man. Don't you know <laughs> that? This kind of made me laugh. This made me laugh, so that's why I'm putting it in there. So uh, she had stated that season two of Wednesday will focus more on horror, but she also spoke with the UK Times and talked about how she passed repeatedly on playing Wednesday Adams. She said, I got the email, passed on it. I had done so much TV in my life. All I've ever wanted to do was film. I was scared that by signing on to do another television show, it could prevent me from doing other jobs that I really wanted and cared about. Eventually, Tim Burton showed up, and he convinced her. But then she said, Tim is such a legend, and we just happened to get along very well. But even then, I was like, ah, no, I think I'm okay a couple more times. Just fucking don't do it. Just, like, like you know, don't do it. But at the same time, you fucking made an icon for a lot of people, Wednesday Adams, with that fucking show and that ridiculous dance that everybody's like, oh, great. Like, you know, so, I you know, have never at the same time, it. <laughs> I, I haven't either, so we're good. Uh, I just, you know, but as Jenna Ortega is a young actress, she shouldn't be turning fucking anything down. Like, I, if I was an actor and I was young in Hollywood, I would be fucking accepting anything that comes across my table. I don't even care. Be like Bruce oh. Campbell. Just fucking say yes to everybody. <laughs> I get it. I get it from her standpoint. I mean, A, that's easy for us to say. One, we're not Hollywood actors. Two, we're yeah. males. You know, we're not females. Mm -hmm. Females, you know, they, they get typecast real easy. They get, you know, pigeonholed into things. And, you know, Hollywood is, uh, has not always been quite fair to, to them in, in regards to rules. You know, I mean, look what happened to Jamie Lee. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, she, she totally yeah. went from being that scream queen to not wanting to do horror at all. You know, like, leave me the fuck out of it. Leave me alone. Um, you know, Jenna doesn't want to do television because she doesn't want to be stuck on TV roles. You know, she knows. I'm sure there's going to come to a, there's going to come to a point where she's not going to want to do horror roles anymore. You know, but uh, I mean, I'm sure there's always yeah. going to be roles for for little kids, and uh, she she can easily fill those <laughs> in. Um, no, just, just yeah. that's just a and, joke, and, you know. So, so just in case Jed is listening, I do love just, the bounty. Now. In case, in case oh. they do a reboot of Small Wonder, <laughs> you know, they can cast Jenna Ortega. <laughs> Perfect. You know? know, do it in yeah. the horror version. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's it's just you know. I just, I love the fact that she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. And eventually I said yes, but after a bunch of times I said no. I was like, well, it's fine because people know you. And I think your name needs to be out there. Like, you know, except like Jimmy Lee Curtis, like you had said, Ghoul. Back after Halloween, she was just fucking taking roles in these horror movies. Uh, like with The Fog, she was just doing that because of John Carpenter. She was like, of course I'll work with him again. And that's why she came back for Halloween 2 was because he was involved you know, and, and prom night was just a fucking gig. Um, and then she did road games with Stacey Keach. And then she's like, I'm kind of done with horror. And then she transitioned over to doing more mainstream projects. But, you know, it, it's as much as I don't like Curtis, I, I do like the fact that she always recognizes the fact that she started out in horror. Like she started doing these genre movies, you know, back in the day. And that kind of gave her her in Hollywood to kind of expand. Uh, and now she has an Oscar on her fucking mantle, which is great. Um, but since we've been talking about Scream 6 and reboots and requels, uh, last month it was announced that Jennifer Caton uh, had signed on to direct an I Know What You Did Last Summer legacy sequel. The dean brought that up about how Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prinze Jr. are going to appear in that movie. But apparently Freddie Prinze Jr. had a lot to say about it this week because it might not be true. And he said, and this is what I'm quoting, I have been offered nothing, nothing. 
They just said that to get people excited. I haven't spoken to anyone at the company. My agents haven't received an offer from them whatsoever. I had a conversation with the director a few days ago after they announced it just to be like, yo, what the hell? Why are they saying I'm going to be in a movie I'm probably not going to be in? And she said, let me pitch you the idea. So she's spoken to me about the idea, but I haven't said yes. I haven't received an offer. I have no reason to lie to anyone. I have no skin in the game. I'm only going to do things that I like and work with people that I like, and they're not going to be any wiggle room in this time around. I messed up the first time around. This time, I just want to do stuff I'm passionate about. So does it look like we're going to see Freddie Prinze Jr. in this supposed uh, requel or legacy movie of I Know What You Did Last Summer until they put an offer on the table? But how much are you asking for, dude? <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, it's Freddie Prince showing us why Freddie Prince doesn't really act all that much anymore. You know, like, hey, dude, you know, like, come on, man. Yeah, I know. He does a lot with uh, wrestling now. He used to be a writer for WWE. Uh, he works a lot with the A&E shows, WWE Rivals, and uh, WWE Legends. Wow. So he's always doing something with that. Uh, he's a big. He's actually one of the hosts of uh, WWE Rivals. Like, he sits at a round table with, like, Booker T and shit. Ooh. I was like, what about Katie? Like, you know, I'm like, well, oh, this is Freddie Prinze Jr. How much more fulfilling of a career is that than being a Hollywood actor? You know what I mean? Like, definitely. Without you, a doubt. Like you, you, you You've been in some of the, the biggest franchises of all time, some, some of the more successful movies. And, and amazingly enough, you can't fucking act your way out of a paper bag. So realistically, all you really kind of need to do is kind of do the Channing Tatum thing. You know, and Channing Tatum, I'll give him credit. Channing Tatum can actually act a little bit. He at least makes fun of himself. Freddie Prince Jr. just kind of sat there with that vacant fucking look on his face every fucking movie and was like just an empty vessel. And it was like, okay, well, that's the guy that they're paying to fucking fill this part. There you go. But this is why he doesn't get roles, because he just wants to bitch. Don't bitch. Keep your mouth shut. You know why they were putting that information out there? They were trying to generate buzz, asshole. And if enough buzz came up about the movie and enough people asked about it, they would have called you for a contract. <laughs> Take a breather, go on. No, now they're not. They should, they should kill him off screen. They should start the movie and be like, oh, you remember my boyfriend? Oh, yeah, he died in a car accident. And you never get his name. <laughs> Don't even mention his name. This way he doesn't even have, this way he can't even sue and say, well, you said the name of my character, so by proxy, I'm in the movie. No, I don't want to hear it at all. Don't even put a picture of him. Get a different actor and put that actor in the fucking picture frame and be like, oh, yeah, remember my boyfriend from the first two movies? Uh, he's dead. Yeah. Just show the grave. Just show her going to the grave. Like, oh man, I wish you were here. I mean, you know. <laughs> put a picture of Bruce Lee on it. Okay. <laughs> put a picture of Paul Walker on it, okay? That's what you need to do. Oh my god. Give me a she's all that throwback. Put Paul Walker on his <laughs> yeah. fucking grave with his character's name. It'll be Matthew Willard's face <laughs> on his grave. My boyfriend died, but Ryan Phillippe's still around. <laughs> yeah. Well, he died, and I know we did last summer, so it'll have to be a force ghost. I know. It'll be what? force ghost. Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> Remember me? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to fuck my sister in Cruel Intentions, so I brought her back in this movie so I could fuck her for real. Remember when she was in I Know What You Did Last Summer as well? That was crazy, guys, right? <laughs> we were brother and sister in the one, but we're boyfriend and girlfriend in this one. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? It's crazy how Hollywood works, guys. Um, so uh, one thing I wanted to bring up before we get into the movie, I have actually two more things. Uh, and this actually pertains to what we're talking about. So Guillermo del Toro is currently writing and planning to direct an adaptation of Frankenstein to Netflix. No formal offers have been made, but Mia Goth, Andrew Garfield, and Oscar Isaac are in plans to star in this movie. I would no love to see Oscar either. Isaac as Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> no. But I would love to see Isaac play Dr. Frankenstein. I like, he could talk to it. I, like, I would love to see him in that role as Victor Frankenstein. You know, just fucking be crazy and, you know, just trying to create new life. So we'll see what happens. But, and Mia Goth, I'm a huge fan of because of her work with Ty West and uh, with the recent movie yeah. Infinity Pool. I was like, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> but I just want to see her be in more movies. <laughs> so I'll gladly go see anything else she's in. Andrew Garfield, like, I'm trying to figure out, is he going to play the monster? Like, is that, is that the idea for that? Or is, or is he going to be, like, the fucking hero? You know? Like, I was just so, like, I saw, like, now, is there any meat to this at all? Because I did catch this on Twitter. But it was, like, somebody else mm-hmm. posting it, and the way they posted it, it sounded like it was just, like, a rumor that was going around. No, they're in talks. Like, all these actors are in talks to, to star in it, but no offer's been made, so... They made it a point to say that no offer has been made to any of these actors uh, to be in the movie. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, again, I would love to see Andrew Garfield as fucking like Igor. I can just sort of hunchback. Just be, yes, master. Oh, my God. <laughs> I bring you the braids from the cemetery, master. <laughs> Igor, Stick what into the walls. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, but he's, he's, he's like the walls a, in the background. He's, he's like a good couple of inches taller than Isaac, uh, uh, Oscar Isaac, though. You know what I mean? So I don't think that'll work. Uh, Igor's got to well, be shorter, back, so he has to hunch over. So well, well yeah. Out. <laughs> uh, this is true. Right, but it's also true. all that, all that, all that hair that gives him that, you know, that height. You know, maybe he's only like five two <laughs> yeah. without all that hair. <laughs> or he could be Renfield, you know, and just show up and fucking Frank said, like, "I'm from the other movie." <laughs> bugs and shit like that. I was like, what, what the fuck are you doing here? Frankenstein. But uh, anyway, so the last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the movie, uh, Evil Dead Rise arrives in theaters on April 21st, Yay. and director Lee Cronin said on Twitter that there is a hidden Bruce Campbell cameo in the movie. In fact, what? he spotted and are the first person to tweet Lee on Twitter and tell him where that cameo is, he will personally give you 50 bucks. So when you go see Evil Dead Rise, <laughs> that's a, oh, that sounds like such a fucking Bruce Campbell kind of campaign too. It's like if you see me, you get fifty bucks. Yeah, it's not, not like, like a you know, campaign. You get Campbell. <laughs> the director said it. The director is the one saying it. So I love the fact that he's like, if you're the first, I'll give you fifty bucks. So I was like, if you go see Evil Dead Rise when it fucking opens. Run fucking home if you see that fucking cameo and tweet Lee Cronin and say, I saw it, this is where it is, and you can make 50 bucks. I was like, good for him, Just don't do it while the fucking <laughs> movie's going on, because if I see you doing that shit in my theater, I'm going to fucking throw you a <laughs> You look over and you see a bunch of people pull out their phones, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, shit, oh, shit. 
this guy's like coming over and going to man. man, if 65 <laughs> was a better movie, I would have been mad. There were, like, you know, these three, I don't know, I guess they, they were anywhere from, like, 18 to, like, 21 or whatever. And, like, look, I get it. You guys have, like, social lives, and you're, you're probably fucking, you know, trying to fuck each other's boyfriends or whatever. But, like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you're constantly whipping your phone. Like, your, is your attention span really that bad that you can't sit for a fucking 90-minute movie without having to pull your fucking phone out and text whoever the fuck you're texting? Like, unless unless somebody's fucking dying, at which point you should mm-hmm. be getting the fuck up and out of the theater anyway. Put your fucking phone away for an hour and a half. Yep. Don't, don't pull that shit out, man. I don't want to see you screen. Yep. I don't want to see you fucking messaging. I don't care what fucking time it is. You know, like, they, they have messages about that shit, and it's true, man. It's distracting, you know. That, it's yep. a fucking darkened theater. I don't feel like seeing your bright light. You know, I'm like a mogwai. Oh, it sucks. Point. Yeah, I totally agree. It's it's like, you know, rude is totally distracting. And yeah, if you're there to watch the movie, you know, be respectful to everyone else there in the theater and, you know, just fucking put the phone away. Yeah, I, I am of the belief that I leave my phone in my car. Like I'll, I'll leave the phone in the car, put it in the glove box, lock it, and then I'll go into the movies because I don't want to know. I don't want to feel it vibrate in my pocket. I don't want to know anything. I just want to sit and enjoy a movie, whether it's an hour and a half or two hours. I don't want to see anything from my phone. You know, then I'll go back to my car and be like, okay, what, what's everybody talking about? But, yeah, I, I fucking hate it. It's like, are you bored? I, I, like, are you just not in I take mine because you have about 30 minutes worth of fucking trailers for every movie now. So... Oh, I don't even walk in anymore until it's like 15 minutes in. <laughs> like, if the movie starts at 1, it's not starting at 1. It's starting at like 120, so I will literally go into the movie theater like 115, and then they'll be like, "Oh, here's fucking the Regal." Hey, turn your phones off. I'm like, okay, we're good. The movie's about to start, <laughs> and I'll take my seat and I'll enjoy the movie because I know it's going to be easily 20 minutes of trailers and bullshit. So yeah, I always do that. I, I just leave it in the car because I don't want to be distracted. Like if it vibrates, I'm like, "What the fuck? Is there a problem?" <laughs> you know? Nope. Just you know, I'm in the movies. Don't bother me. I'll be back. You know, and and talk to you. Of course, I'm I'm worried one of these days I'm going to put my phone in the car and it's like, oh my god, three people died that you know. I'm like, what? Wow, probably should have fucking put my phone in the movie theater. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well they're dead. They're not going anywhere, so you know they can wait the hour and a half that takes for you to finish the movie. <laughs> I know. Well, oh, <laughs> the movie was good, by the way. But anyway, uh, let's get into the movie for tonight: Frankenstein meets the Wolfman from 1943. Directed by Roy William Neal, Mad Monkey. This is your pick, so give us a synopsis. What you thought about it? And let's talk. Yeah, man. All right, Frankenstein meets Wolfman is a film that takes place a few years after The Wolfman and Ghost of Frankenstein, a movie I've never seen. <laughs> Here we come across a not dead. Wait, what? Not yet. Yeah, not what? dead. Of it, who is just as surprised as we are that he did not die and is still under the curse of the werewolf. <laughs> what? <laughs> so abandoning all hope of alleviating the curse, Talbot simply wants to find a way to finally rest in peace. He's even willing to re-enlist the help of the wise gypsy lady, Maliva, Dr. Mannering, <clears throat> a doc of all trades. You know, one day he's a surgeon, other days he's a mad scientist, but fuck it, he's a doctor. And the, the super hot baron is Frankenstein. <laughs> Not a comedian. And even, Fra- <laughs> and even Frankenstein's monster himself. With 
all of this help, Larry Talbot must be able to finally find eternal peace. What could possibly go fucking wrong? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So I picked this piece just because I, you know, I like to go back to the days of monochrome from time to time. Like to me, these films, you know, like they're not only classics, you know, but it's just the day, the age, the fashion, the way people walk, the way people talk. You know, mm-hmm. it just seems so, it just seems so polished and refined compared to the Walmart shoppers of today. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Lulu. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but also, this film does a great job of picking up where the other movies left off and just dropping us right back into this universe for just a good time of madness and monsters. And it, to me, it's just a really fun ride. <laughs> awesome. All right, so cool. What do you think about Frankenstein meets the Wolfman? You know, like, I... And you know my feelings on these movies. Like, I love this time of of cinema and i know mm-hmm. like at some point or another i caught this on my channel 11 because you know when i was a kid that's you know sunday mornings they would have movies always on. Yep. Uh, um you know this one isn't one of my favorites though i feel like this is this is one of those films that even as a kid I guess I kind of started picking up that sometimes movies were just made to make money. They were made to, like, cash in on, like, a popular thing at the time. It's like, wow, how many, like, because I would see, like, you know, you'd even go to the video store, you know, and you'd see, like, a fucking wall full of just these movies, and you're like, wow, how could they have made all these movies within, like, a fucking, you know, a four-year period? And it's like, oh, well, because Hollywood likes money, and and that's what they do. (laughs) And, like, I felt like with this one, I feel like they, they, they... Went a little bit cheaper with the special effects. You can definitely feel the, you know, the, the actors are a little bit tired. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Bella is Bella. <laughs> so, so he's just doing whatever the fuck he's doing in, in the Frankenstein shit anyway. But, uh, you know, I felt like Lon was even a little bit tired in this. He's carrying a little bit more weight, you know. And, again, knowing, knowing what we know of the, the time and these people, he was probably <laughs> drinking heavily, and, and it was starting to show. Oh, yeah. Um, that being said, you know, again, it's it's a quick flick. You know, it's it's fucking just a little bit over an hour, and, uh, and you know, it's still fun. You know, overall, like when it was done, I was like, hey, you know what? It was still a fun ride. It's still it's still something to entertain. If you want to read, there are worse movies from this era that you could go back to. So put it that way. So did I love it? No, but you know, I did not dislike it by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I happen to like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, uh, just because this, uh, and I'm going to talk about what you just said, Ghoul. This was during a time when Universal was seeing that RKO was making a lot of fucking horror movies with a lot of success uh, because of Val Wooten and his producing credits uh, doing things like Cat People. And people are going to the theater being scared. So they're like, well, what the fuck can we do? Like, our, our age of monsters were in the 30s. So let's do something new. So in 42, they made the ghost of Frankenstein and people were like, well, that's actually really good. So they're like, well, let's call these monster rallies. Like let's make these series of movies where we might have our characters meet up, uh, including what we're talking about tonight. And Lon Chaney Jr. was scheduled to play both Frankenstein and the Wolfman, but he's just, I can't do that. Like it's, it's too much. Like it's (laughs) like, I, I can't. So, uh, and Boris Karloff had said after Son of Frankenstein, which came out back in the mid-30s, he's like, I'm never playing the monster ever again. 
I'm not doing it. I'm done. And he stuck with that. Cha-ching. So Bela Lugosi came up. And Bela Lugosi's like, well, I'll do it. And he originally had dialogue in the first film. But they just yep. the staff of the movie kept fucking laughing at his delivery of his lines. So the couple of I like money. So, <laughs> you never hear the monster talk because they cut that all out. Um, especially with the Ghost of Frankenstein being in 42 and this one being in 43, they had this whole thing with Igor planting a brain inside of the monster, and the monster went blind. So they're like, well, we can't do that. Let's just start fresh. Let's do Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, where, you know, it's a whole brand-new thing. Carl uh, Cinemac wrote it in two hours and delivered the script, and they're like, okay, good, we're going. We're doing this. Um, and I think it's a lot of fun. It was, it was two hours, and, yeah, he delivered that script. And then they're like, well, let's film it. Let's do it. Uh, and Bela Lugosi <clears throat> did not play the monster as much as you think that he did. He barely played it because he just it was sick. He didn't like the makeup effects, so it was done by two different stunt people. Um, that's why it looks uneven, like when his arms are stretched out, then other scenes, he's just walking just regular. So uh, there's just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on when this movie was made um, that Universal was like, we, we can capitalize on this. So eventually they did House of Frankenstein, and then he did House of Dracula, which is a fantastic movie if you guys ever check it out. Um, but they were also doing Daughter of Dracula at the same time. So, I mean, it was a lot of them trying to revitalize these characters uh, to diminishing effects. People were kind of bored of these monsters. And then they came back in the 50s, and they released Frankenstein and the mummy and Dracula in the theaters. And people like a little George A. Romero saw these in theaters and they're like, these movies are great, you know, and it's, but it was way past the prime of Universal, uh, Universal Monsters. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, I really do enjoy it. Like the, uh, the monkey had said, it's a great time for movies back in the forties, you know, the, the sets and the designs, it, it's all great. Um, so the movie begins on a windy night in a graveyard. Two grave robbers enter and find themselves in front of the Talbot mausoleum. The men enter and discover the crypts of Martin and Elizabeth Talbot. They also discover the crypt of Lawrence Stewart Talbot, who died at the youthful age of 31. Boom, that's the crypt they're here for. One of the men sets about busting the crypt open, knowing he was buried with jewelry and things they can take. And once they get it open, they find Wolfsbane inside, and also Lawrence Talbot, just as a moon, full moon shows itself, and Lawrence is just completely intact. Like, he's not decayed. He's one fresh. Day. <laughs> he is fresh as hell. So one of the robbers manages so to remove Lawrence's ring. <laughs> you know, he's fine. It's he's just laying in there. Thing. <laughs> so one of the robbers manages to remove Lawrence's ring just as Lawrence turns into the wolf man. Stunned with fright, the great robber holding the lantern drops it and causes a fire as he tries to escape while the other struggles from the wolf man's grip. We see the one man that managed to flee escape from the graveyard, and later we see a policeman patrolling the street of a small village. He discovered Lawrence Talbot laying unconscious with a bruise on his forehead that was delivered by his father, if you remember the ending of The Wolfman. He had been knocked in the head by his father's wolf cane. And I thought that was a great fucking callback. I'm like, if you remember that back in the 40s, like, that's, that's good on you, man. <laughs> you know, I'm revisited these movies, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's why he got that bruise, but he's taken well, to the hospital. three years ago, though. Remember, Wolf, the Wolfman was, what, 30, uh, 41? So it was 41. Only yeah. years prior to this. But it wasn't like today, where you could just rent a movie and watch it at home. Like, oh, yeah. And watch it like a thousand <laughs> times. 
So Lawrence is taken to the hospital where he's awake immediately after a critical operation. The doctor is like, no fucking way, but it's true. Lawrence is awake and his vitals are fine. He's told he was found knocked out in the street, but he doesn't recall that happening. The doc- the Bebo, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yep. So the doctor introduced himself as Mannering, and the cop hey, in the room is Inspector Owen. <laughs> Lawrence tells him his name, and he came from the village of Lenwelly with no idea how he got to the hospital. Mannering just tells him to rest. And that's when Owen calls into the police station where Talbot said he was from and is told by an inspector that he had died four years prior. Lawrence must be an imposter. There's no way he could be this person. Owen wants to talk to him, but Mannering shoots him down. That's my motherfucking patient. You're not talking to him. So at night, a full moon occurs, and Lawrence, who was wearing a hospital garb previous and a bandage over his head, begins to transform complete with a work shirt. Oh, my name's not My bad. <laughs> Once Talbot transforms, he's all of a sudden wearing that work shirt and khaki pants. Where did he get it? We don't know. He, he, We're just going with it. Those are, his, those are his going out clothes, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's not a goof at all. <laughs> oh, come on, man. He watched Friday the 13th, part three. He knew exactly where to get clothes. You just take them from the local freaking store. <laughs> I, just, I also love the, the, the effects. I mean, for 43, of course, it, it's good. But I love the fact that we have in 43 – uh, Talbot changing into the Wolfman where he just looks mildly fucking confused by it, where he's like, oh, oh, oh. And fucking all of a sudden he's got fur on his face and he's like, wow, okay. Like, compare that to American World in London where he's fucking in pain. And he's like, oh, God! Like, How far have we come? I love it. I mean, obviously, and again, this is, you know, American Werewolf in London is going to be 40 years after this. But what I find mm-hmm. interesting is, is like, you know, they know that it's on the full moon that he turns into the werewolf, right? Now yeah. we're not mm-hmm. we're not in like culture has known the fucking cycles of the moons forever. So if you know <laughs> that Larry Talbert's gonna turn into the werewolf on the fucking full moon, Maliva, why are you rolling around with him on a cart when there's clearly a fucking full moon out that night? Like, yeah, on, yeah. Oh my god. That's the like the moon cycle yeah. changed. Yeah, no, I'm surprised. Like, oh, the moon is full. I didn't see that coming. You know, for fucking 30 days, it's only been fucking working its way towards that. <laughs> and yeah, and it's, you know, you know, her her son was a werewolf, so she also yes. knows the effects of the shit that goes on and the shit that happens and what's going to happen to him. You know, it's like, no, you lock his ass up during the night and then you travel the next day. You don't try and make that shit mm-hmm. one night. And I just, I, I love fucking Lon Chaney Jr. in this fucking movie because everybody else is, like, very fucking clean-spoken and it's like, oh, hello, yeah, this must be the patient. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, what? It, what? Oh, God. Like, oh, God, the moon. What's going on over here? I mean, I'm feeling kind of sick over here, Doc. What do you think's happening? I just want to die. 
And he's like, well, said, no, no, you're, you're quite fine. Quite fine. Lay, lay, lay down. And we'll, we'll dress the bandage. Get in your warm. What's going on? Hey, stop talking to me like that, Doc. Why are you talking like that? He just has this weird American accent that I just fucking adore. Um, so at night, he's uh, about to go. After this movie's over, he's going to go play for the New York Yankees, okay? He's going to be Babe Ruth standing. Now betting Lon Cheney Jr. for the New York Yankees. And I'm going to hit that ball over the fence. <laughs> so as the Wolfman that night, he kills the constable. And the next day, Lawrence is laying on his stomach, fast asleep in the hospital. The nurse assumes that he must have gone out during the night. Mannering and the nurse manage to get him back into bed properly. Mannering tells him to be calm and asks for more bandages to be brought over. Lawrence tells him to call the police. He's a murderer. Mannering doesn't believe him, but asks the inspector Owen to be brought over anyway. Lawrence tells Mannering that he killed a man the night before, but Mannering tells him that he was in bed all night. He must be delusional and must have heard something from the nurses talking about a person being killed. Dead men were attacked by an animal, and you're in luck. Lawrence is an animal. And then Lawrence explains the curse of the werewolf and shows him his scar, and they're like, yeah, cool scar, bro. We don't believe you. And he's like, what? Somebody believe me. I'm telling you, I'm a killer. And they're like, yeah. and they're, you, you're not, sir. You're very much not a killer. And he's like, yeah. oh, God. So, <laughs> so while all this is going on, the the doctor that's taking care of him is very much a medical doctor taking care of a patient mm-hmm. who's hurt. You know, this is the kind of doctor you go to see if you're hurt. All right? Just making notes about this now, Okay. All about stitching up doctor. wounds and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yes, hospital doctor, one hundred percent. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just making a note of that now. <laughs> oh yeah, now until he fucking goes insane later, which we'll talk about. <laughs> so Owen arrives don't, and tells don't him that the monkey build up. Uh, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> but anyway, so Owen tells him that Lawrence Talbot died four years ago. Larry tells him to go check the crypt before having an outburst where he's physically restrained through his bed by straps. Later, Mannering explains to Owen that following injuries like Lawrence's, they had delusions. Mannering calls Lawrence a lycanthus, a man that believes he is a wolf. Save inside to drive to the graveyard, Len Lowy, and see Lawrence's crypt for himself. Once there, they discover that it's been broken into. What? Anyway, let's go take a look inside and what's going on. Owen finds the open crypt and a body laying next to it. He assumes somebody took the fucking body out and just laid it on the ground. <laughs> that dead body is actually Freddy Jolly, a vagrant that had his jugular severed, same as the constable. They're still not putting the dots together. They're still like, what? Hold on. Okay. Some people have a real sixth sense of humor. <laughs> Thank you, Friday 13th, <laughs> man. That, that is what I am thinking while I'm watching this. I am watching this realizing, wow, this is what Friday the 13th, part six was paying homage to. No, it had to have been. <laughs> so one of the constables talks about a wild animal that had attacked their village prior and was killed by John Talbot's party. He discovered the wild animal was his son and died of grief shortly after. Bummer. Later at the station, they're shown a photo of Lawrence, and they aren't convinced that this is the same person. I'm like, it's the fucking same person. They're like, I don't know. 
Maybe his hair is different. <laughs> uh, it's the I'm bangs. They, 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 he, he got rid of the bangs. <laughs> it's like fucking this guy's got two eyes. He combed his hair differently. And they're like, what? That's not the same guy. Like, he just combed his hair differently. So Mattering calls Dr. Gordon at the hospital and is informed that uh, Larry escaped during the night after tearing his straitjacket to bits with his teeth. I'm like, what? With his teeth. With his teeth. What? He fucking did it with his teeth. Like, obviously, he's a fucking madman. But then we find out that Talbot has been searching all over Europe for Maleva and finds her one night. He tells her that he's still cursed with being a werewolf, and she's like, uh, I can't help you. Like, uh, get out of here. No. As soon as he shows up, as soon as he shows up, she's like, oh, no. No, motherfucker. No. Get the fuck off my lawn, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's so quick to be like, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, but wait, your fucking son was a, van- it was a werewolf, and you stayed with him while he died. No, he wants the same <laughs> thing. And Liv is like... Okay. He pulled out the, he did this to me. I mean, that that's what you yeah. lead with. You're like, yo, listen, I wouldn't be a werewolf right now if it wasn't for your kid. So don't be sitting here giving me the silent treatment and the stink eye as if this was my fault. <laughs> She's so quick to just be like, get the fuck out of here. And then you have the one guy in the back who's like, yeah, I agree. But he's like, well, wait a second. Your son turned me into a werewolf and you stayed with him while he died. Now I want the same thing. And she's like, I definitely won't give you the same thing, but I'll protect you. Like, I'll be with you. Like, what? What? Just fucking kill him. <laughs> Pull out a gun and shoot him in the face. Like, you know. Instead, she's like, no, yeah, I'll just stay with you. And then she's like, uh, you know what? I know exactly how to help you because there's a guy that's Road all trip. about science and he can help you. Uh, you know what? Maybe Dr. Frankenstein. And all of a sudden, it's like, dun, dun, dun. He's like, we need to go. So they fucking hop on to their carriage and they ride to Viseria, uh, which uh, this is just kind of a, a side note. They originally wanted it to take place in Germany, you know, which is where Frankenstein took place. But because World War II was happening, like, mm, nope, can't do that because we don't want to reference Hitler. We're like, we don't want to make any reference to Germany or anything else like that. So we'll just call it Viseria. So that's why we get the village of Viseria where it actually should have been Germany. A lot of, of World War II propaganda. Because that was another reason why they cut a lot of Frankenstein's uh, monsters' lines is because he wants to take over the world. And like, yeah, but Hitler wants to do the same thing. Yeah. We can't have this monster yeah. that we want everybody to love say the same thing. <laughs> we, we can't do that because we, we fucking love America. And we don't want your I, I, I don't think they were aiming for people to love the monster. You know what I mean? I think that's just something that – that develops at, at later points. I think that's a byproduct of of the film and people's like, mentality in general. You're supposed to feel sympathy for the monster. I mean, even when you read the book, but mm-hmm. he's still a monster, um, yep. you know. And he's very much portrayed as, especially in this movie, he's very much portrayed as a villain. Um, yes. Yeah. I so agree. so so yeah. I mean, I would I would think keeping topical. If, you know, Hollywood had balls, they, they would be going that route, and they would be saying those things. But, you know, they, they did not want to go that way. They were a bunch of pussies. Yeah. <clears throat> That's why they kept cutting it, because they're like, we, we just can't do this. We're in the middle of a World War II, you know. And I think about that. It's like your ultimate escape. 
Like, everything is fucking happening. The world is fucking dark. And it's like, let's go to see a movie, Frankenstein meets a Wolfman. Like, that would be the fucking perfect escape. But, man, life sucks right now. But at least I get to go to the movies and see fucking Frankenstein meets a Wolfman. Like, I don't know. Back then, I wouldn't make the two uh, connections and be like, oh, well, it's in Germany. This isn't good. <laughs> I don't know. That's just me thinking about uh, me growing up in 43 and seeing a movie. Um <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess at that point you're still kind of fucking amazed that you're seeing moving picture on, t- you know, on a screen, right? To some so degree, happy. you know, it's, it's, it's still a thing. I mean, I know, we're, I know, we're a few years past fucking Technicolor with the Wizard of Oz and everything, but still. When was that movie? That had to be before this. Yeah, thirty-nine. I would think Wizard. We're a few years after that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah okay, it was so thirty-nine. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. That's got to be pre uh, pre this movie, um, but Maleva and uh, Larry travel to this area. They enter a hotel where they're, asked about, where they're asking about Doctor Frankenstein. The villagers don't want to hear his name, but they show him the ruins of where his estate was. The man is dead, much to the dismay of Lawrence. He's like, "Well, shit. What am I going to do now? I, I fucking have no hope now. I can't die now. You definitely can't stab well, me in the fucking heart fuck as me. we're fucking hanging out." <laughs> so, and this is what uh, what uh, the ghoul was talking about earlier, because Lawrence no longer has hope that he'll die with Frankenstein, uh, Doctor Frankenstein being dead. As then right away, a full moon appears, and Lawrence jumps off the fucking carriage and runs off into the forest as he transforms. And Wave is like, "Where are you going? Whee! You all right? <laughs> hey!" And yet, uh, and yet, for some reason, cool? for some reason, he doesn't attack her. Like, for some reason, not he's not a wolfman, and, and he doesn't attack her. He just runs away. <laughs> no. Maybe he's, he looks like he maybe he's a scared of horses. He runs off. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, he has to drop a fucking wolf-sized deuce, you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not turning. I'm not turning. I'm just taking shit. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I had a bunch of bright green Walmart cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> he gets... He gets <laughs> <laughs> fucking cupcake poop. Fucking, he gets the new, he gets the rolled up newspaper if he can get in the carriage, you know. Believe it knows how to put him in his place. That's why she kept his son in check, you know. She just fucking would hit him with a fucking roll, dude. She got the little water bottle and spraying him in the face. <laughs> Sit down. Wow. Sit down. Not in the cart. Not in the cart. You son of a bitch. Did you go poo poo in my fucking room again? <laughs> Woo! Get out of here. You take a shit in my car one more time, you're going to walk. I don't want to walk or whatever. You keep shit in my car. I told you. I told you on the paper. On the paper. <laughs> yeah. Get on the paper. Bad <laughs> dog. Bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a man, damn it. Right. I'm a man. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Maliva just sprayed. Like, what am I going to do with this guy, huh? What am I going to do? He doesn't even know how to shit on the paper. He don't know. He don't know. I keep telling him, shit on the paper, Lawrence. And he just wants to shit on the fucking car. Damn it. You know how much this car costs? It's 1943. I can't afford another car, Lawrence. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lauren, boy, stop boy. humping everything, please. You're you're making a mess on my on my good linen. Oh, there's just cum everywhere. There's just cum everywhere, Lauren. 
Stop doing it. I'm sorry I can't control myself when the full moon comes out. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You don't need to speak until you come in my car. You can do it anywhere, Lawrence. Anywhere. We're in the woods, Lawrence. Hump a tree. <laughs> I, I don't believe it. The labor is also Dr. Loomis. <laughs> you see the little kid in the back of the cart? I'm Dr. Sam Loomis. Oh, shit, you're here too? Yep. Oh, shit. My labor brought me at all. Oh. Shut the fuck up, Sam. Get back. Get in the back. You have the blackest eyes. You <laughs> have those eyes. Why is that little kid shouting that at me? Oh, <laughs> Hey, number one. Little oh. three-year-old moments with a yellow pick lighter. He must I would, pay money. I would pay money to watch Lawrence Talbert do the fucking doggy <laughs> ass drag on the fucking floor. <laughs> <laughs> you see him dragging his ass over the fourth floor. <laughs> Believers in the cart. I got worms. Pony and down the road, and there's a Larry Talbert scamping across the road, scooching his head on the floor to clean it out. <laughs> so after Larry oh, freak out, I don't know why my ass hurts so bad. <laughs> there's no paper in '43. We just have to use leaves. Um, so. We find out that the Wolfman killed a young girl in this area, and the villagers form a mob to chase him down. Now, hunted, the Wolfman flees to the ruins of Dr. Frankenstein's estate, where he falls through some floorboards and into an ice-covered cellar. The villagers find Maleva and believe that she can make Lawrence speak, and that's when we find Lawrence waking up in the cellar. A human wants more of the, God, oh, God, I'm here again. Where am I? I'm in this area. Okay. So he wanders around and eventually comes across Frankenstein's monster, Frozen in Ice. Lawrence okay, this whole ice. scene, yeah. mm-hmm. this, this, this whole scene, I was just impressed with just because, you know, we're talking yeah. 1940s, we're, we're, we're talking, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the fucking heat that was being generated from these lamps, and yet somehow they were able to actually do scenes with actual snow and ice and shit like that, you know, and I was just like, oh, it was great. you know, I don't know how... I don't know how the fuck they pulled this off, you know, because you see it melting as they're filming and shit like that. But, you know, so just going in there with snowblowers, like, go, 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 hurry the fuck up. And you're like, yeah. go, go. But the fact they did it in the entire just styrofoam set. and lighting, and you just pour Probably. some water over it to make it look like it's melting. <laughs> I don't think it's Probably. Really <laughs> No, because well, the there's, there's scenes where he, <laughs> there, there scenes where he he's actually moving stuff around and stuff like that, and it's, and yeah, it's actual snow and ice in this scene. Yeah, I just yeah. was questioning why there was ice down there to begin with. Like somehow he went there's no from like the castle. Yeah, that, he went from the castle that down to, in the cooler. To where fucking Captain America fucking crashed the uh, the ship <laughs> yeah. at the end of fucking the first movie, you know. In Antarctica. <laughs> Especially, yeah. Especially with Ghost of Frankenstein from 42, which I've actually watched, there is no scene, whatever, of the monster being trapped in ice. So they're just like, well, fuck it. Well, What's but again, I think Ghost of Frankenstein is not getting considered here. I think this is just taking place where the first Frankenstein movie ended. So the thing is, the castle burned down, and Frankenstein's been and trapped, trapped there ever since. 
Hey, and he got shot the knife along the way. But anyway, with the monster free, Larry asks the monster to show him where the doctor left his notes. The monster locates a box, but once Larry gets it open, finds nothing that can help it. He does, however, find a photo of the daughter of the doctor, Baroness Elsa Frankenstein. And that's when he, I <laughs> uh, know, busty bust. Woo! You know, so he later decides to pose as a potential buyer of the estate by the name of Taylor so he can meet Elsa and get the information he needs. Once together, through the help of the mayor of the town, he tells her that he lied about wanting to buy the land. He really just wanted to meet her so he can have her father's records. She tells him that she doesn't have them, and if she did, she would have destroyed them. Her dad may have been a great scientist, but he was actually just a terror. She then tells him that she can no longer help him. And all of a sudden, Elsa hears the sounds outside of the Festival of the New Wine. The mayor invites Elsa to the festival as her guest of honor. Lawrence, you're also invited. Both agree to go. Cue the song and fucking dance number that takes up a huge part of this fucking movie. Where the singer is just having a great time zinging on everybody, coasting on a fat man in an apron, and then he zings Lawrence about living eternally. And Lawrence is like, what the fuck are you saying? What the fuck? You just told me I'm going to live eternally? What? And he's like, dude, I was just trying to have a good time. He's like, God damn it. And he's like, okay, this is the only chance we have to have fun once a year, and you're fucking ruining it. Like, the rest of the year is going to be fucking terrible, and you just fucking ruined it. Thanks a lot, man. Fuck it. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I got out of hand. I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> fucking American. You talking to me, Sheriff? <laughs> oh, sorry. You talking to me? talking to me. Roy Burns? What are you doing here? <laughs> Roy Burns shows with an ambulance, but uh, Mannering fucking arrives and confronts Lawrence, and he tells uh, Mannering, I'm not Talbot. I'm... I'm I'm Taylor. And Mannering's like, yeah, no. I fucking just saw you. I'm your doctor, asshole. So Larry introduces Mannering to Elsa as Mannering explains he's been searching for him all over Europe. Mannering tries to get Lawrence to go back to Wales, but Lawrence isn't interested in going back and being locked in an insane asylum. All Lawrence wants to do is die. He explains to Mannering that he has to find Dr. Frankenstein's diary and that's when Jolly Fat Apron Man hears this, and he's like, oh, shit. They're talking about Dr. Frankenstein. We don't like that name in his village. And then the monster's like, oh, here. And they're like, oh, shit. Fucking the monster's here. And everybody starts running away in a panic. Lawrence manages to get the monster onto a carriage, and they race Fast and Serious style out of the village, just wrecking everything in their path. Fucking drift, man, drift. <laughs> <laughs> they're out of there, and they're it never going to And Frankenstein's monster's like, okay. <laughs> Has no idea what to do with his hands. It's like Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> he just has no idea what to do with him. Put him out, put him down, I don't know. So Elsa and Mannering meet with the angry villagers. She tells the villagers that she can lead them to the cellars of Frankenstein's estate. She knows them well. Maliva is also like, hey, remember me? I'm also in this movie. But none of the villagers want to get any of their help. Mannering tells them with their help, he'll destroy the Frankenstein curse once and for all. And the villagers like, eh, you know, we changed our mind. We're flip-floppers. We don't care. We're just, whatever you say, we're fine. So Mannering, Elsa, and Maliva later find Lawrence at the ruins. And Elsa tells him that she can give him her dad's diary. All he has to do is trust her. And he's like, you know what? You're good. I'm going to trust you. <laughs> what? <laughs> I 
real quick, he's like, you know, you're cool. Like, I spent an hour with the fucking monster, and he's a fucking drag. All he just fucking goes, is, I'm like, you know, I want conversation. Like, I want, I, I want to know about him. What's your favorite color? You know, what's your favorite food? And all he does is, you know, it's fucking boring, dude. Like, you know, why is your dialogue cut out of this movie? <laughs> it looks like you want to say something. But no, <laughs> So with Mannering and Elsa and Melissa there, the monster grabs a piece of wood and he's like, check out this cool piece of wood I got. And he just waves it around. Look at my wood. And warns <laughs> He just looks so happy. He's like, look, show and tell time, guys. I found a piece of wood. And Talbot tells the monster that the group are friends and they don't want to play he's show and tell. He's trying to play fetch okay. with the man. <laughs> so once Elsa's there, she's you. like, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> and I love when Elsa arrives, because Talbot's like, we've looked everywhere. Like, there's no notes. There's no diary. And she's like, oh, really? Did you check this secret location? And she fucking opens up the thing. He's like, what? Wow. He had secret fucking places to hide shit? I'm mind blown. He had secret like, places yeah. in his secret places. Remember, that was a secret <laughs> compartment to begin with, but it had an extra secret compartment. It's like Scream. You know, it's layered upon layers of fucking hidden secrets. <laughs> it's like a fucking onion. It's elevated. The, the, yeah, the, this is like, you know, elevated. This is elevated horror for the 40s. <laughs> yeah, I know. But this is so smart. It's so great. We're here. We're experiencing this together. Uh, so Elsa uncovers a secret hiding spot and hands Talbot's diary, which he and the doctor will use to drain life both from Lawrence and the monster, as long as they can repair the destroyed laboratory. Like, this is 1943. I feel like if this was made now, we would have a motherfucking montage of fucking boxes being delivered to the fucking estate and mannering checking off things on his fucking checklist. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We need a motherfucking montage. Montage! Like, you know, and he's just fucking building the fucking laboratory back because we when we like cut the back later, is equivalent of it. But when we cut back sometime later, Valzik, the fat, jolly apron man that we saw earlier that got zinged by the singer, he's at the bar. He apparently owns it, and he's speaking with the villagers. He's seen scientific equipment being ordered by Mannering being delivered to the Frankenstein State. He's like, did any of you guys find it fucking weird? That that's happening? He's like, is it just me? Is it just me? Somebody just say it's just me. <laughs> fucking being weird. And they're like, yeah, it's fucking weird, bro. And they're like, yeah, man, it's weird. Like, like I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, they're fucking doing shit that we don't care about. And the mayor's like, guys, you're all drunk, man. Like, Mattering is cool. He's a fucking doctor. Like, he's probably just up there fucking just hanging out. Like, do you guys go up there at all? No, you don't. You just fucking hang out here and get drunk. That's your problem. That's your problem. You need to go up there and fucking knock on the door and be like, hey, guys, is everything cool? But you didn't. So he just tells them to trust Mannering, and the villagers are like, we don't fucking trust him at all. So Balzik says, you know what? There's a bridge and a dam overlooking the estate. What we need to do, guys, what we need to do, listen to me. Come on. Come on, guys. Listen to me. Balzik, I'm your favorite fat guy in the village, right? We need to blow that shit up. Like, I'll go up there myself. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll go up there myself, and I'll fucking blow it up, and we could be like, fuck you! And fucking everybody inside will die, and we're like, you know what, man? Like, we're not going to do that, but you can. Like, we'll be here. We'll be here drinking. 
and we'll be like, woo, magic, go up there, man, like, you know, and we will cheer you on from down here. And he's like, fuck yeah, man. And he just slams down his beer, and he's like, let's get the explosives. We're fucking doing this. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit, he actually is going. He's fucking going. <laughs> I love that, that scene where he's like, I'll, I swear to God, dude, I'll go. I'll go. And they're like, yeah, okay, man. You just have fun. Like, I'm fucking leaving. And they're like, okay. And you just see him fucking putting fucking time dynamite in the back pocket. I'm fucking going up there. I'm going to go flood the valley, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> Val's like, you're so crazy, man. You're so fucking crazy. And he's like, I am crazy. And they're like, oh, look at him go. Oh, no, he should. Actually, he's going. Like, he's fucking, he's up there, man. I didn't think he was serious. Oh, man, I owe him 20 bucks. I said he wasn't going to do it. <laughs> Never mind that it's a gigantic dam, you know what I mean? I've only got a couple sticks of dynamite, but, you know, they gave me, the, the, the Rebel Alliance gave me this paperwork that tells me there's a weakness right here in this one shaft. Val <laughs> sick, do you need any help? I'm good. Okay, he said he's good. Everybody, he's gone. Let's grab all the fucking beer we can. Everybody's behind the bar, red bottles. He's not gonna know. He might not even survive. Hell yeah, free night. We can drink it all if the bartender's dead. <laughs> And you know there's somebody going to be there and be like, die, 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 die. I just want to fucking drink beer all night for eight. <laughs> you got it, Valsic? Yeah. Oh, he almost fell. He almost fell. That $20 is mine. That's his climbing the fucking thing. By himself. There's no deal. They, they start That's taking, why I fucking They start it. taking him making bets about who, if he's going to fall or not. <laughs> yeah. say, I'm, <laughs> who has $20 on him dying? Yes, uh, over here. I'll take that bet. <laughs> Start drawing on a ch- <laughs> start drawing odds on a chalkboard. <laughs> yeah. That's the least Who's scene in this movie where it's the chalkboard. <laughs> Who says he gets killed by the monster at the end? I do uh, up a ten, ten. <laughs> oh, oh, he says he gets killed by the monster. What about the wolfman? There's a wolfman. Oh, twenty. I think so. Twenty. Twenty. <laughs> That's like, you go, bro. You go, bro. Yes, you're doing it. You're doing it. You're going to kill them. Yeah, bro. Oh, he's cool. He's cool. Okay. Oh, he almost fell. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Be the greatest fucking deleted ever in the movie. Um, so, despite objections to Elsa, <laughs> back at the castle. Um, despite objections, oh to shit! Elsa, there's there's, there's stuff going on at the castle. <laughs> yeah, and this is what uh, the monkey was talking about because <laughs> Elsa is like, <clears throat> Elsa is like, what the fuck? Like you're putting all these fucking science things in motion. You pretty much shouldn't do it. Mandarin's like, oh, it's okay. It's science. Like I'm gonna kill both the monster and Lawrence. And then, quite suddenly, Mandarin is like, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna do it, but I kind of don't want to destroy the monster. I want to see what he's like at full power. Yes! And I was like, okay. That's believable now. <laughs> and then, of course, you have... But see, this is never said in dialogue. This is, like, done with a look, right? Like, he seems like he gets, like, a slight smile, as in, like, he's yep. enjoying powering up the monster. But, like, <laughs> you really don't know if that's, like, the, the, the angle that he was going with. Maybe this is just 
literally what the experiment was doing. Wasn't he supposed to be reversing the polarity? And, like, how that means that, you know, I don't know, like, Larry Talbert's, like, life essence being drained out just sounds like he's getting electrocuted to me. Um, It does. Yeah. (laughs) And we we will see this. And we'll see it in Young Frankenstein, too, which I love the fact that you brought this up in Young Frankenstein, but they're talking about plus to minus, minus to plus. Like, you know, what does it work? Like, you know, it's supposed to drain both of their powers. <laughs> they're supposed to both be drained of complete power. And Mannering all of a sudden is like, yeah, I could do that. Like, I could literally kill them both right now. But, like, I got all this cool science shit. Like, I'd like to see the monster at full power. And that's when he's like, Tom, Tom, you know. Science noises, science noises, like as he's pulling levers and everything's going off. And Elsa wakes up, she's like, oh, my God, science noises. That's not good. (laughs) Oh, science. Do you know Bill Nye? Uh, (laughs) The the monster makes sense because the monster has those those nubs on his neck that we can assume we use as, like, you know, conductors. For his uh, his electric, yeah, I saw them. They were there. He, he had them at one point. Maybe they didn't have During the lab scene, they have electrodes on the both the, the monster and the wolf. Uh, yeah, but didn't have so the my bolts. point is, like, the, wolf, the monster never the, the wolf man didn't have. He was he wasn't bolts. equipped with. Bolts. Yeah, he wasn't equipped with nubs that have fucking polarity. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. we're not born with polarity. With that's deep cool. What are you, what are you saying know, here? We're not born with polarity. We choose our polarity. <laughs> Is that what you're we saying? We choose our, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to find the depth here, you know. We're not, put it this way, man. We're not born, you know, outside of, we're not born in the matrix. So we don't have fucking jacks on our bodies. You, know? <laughs> you mean I wasn't born with bolts on my neck so I could be revitalized like Frankenstein's monster? Oh my God. My life is alive. No! Like, I thought that was your inconsequence. Oh my God. God. <laughs> yeah. So Elsa hears the science that was just going on. She's like, oh my God, what is that? And she's like, oh it's shit, fine. you're trying to bring the monster back up. He's like, ha ha ha. Yeah, and she's like, well, that's not good. And he's like, don't pull that switch. And she's like, what? And she pulls the fucking switch, which causes the ceiling to start to collapse. As Vol yeah, Zek is walking up with the switch. She pulls virginity. That, yeah, that was a ceiling switch. Yeah. We, you, you weren't supposed to pull that because that, was, that switch was controlling the ceiling. And now you let everything <laughs> down. Good job. This is like girls don't do and, science. <laughs> don't pull that switch. Yes, I'll pull oh that switch. Oh, my goodness. I completely no, 100 yeah. I support women in STEM. Okay? Absolutely. No. Monkey, not, wow. That That's a fucking hard monkey. stance. Monkey took a hard stance ta- tonight. Women don't belong I'm in science. About, like, what? <laughs> I'm talking nice. <laughs> Yeah, get because I'm totally not talking 1940. You can get scientific with my fucking dinner, bitch. Like, whoa, okay, monkey. <laughs> he, is, he has made a stance. <laughs> I'm a whole Take that lab coat off, Look, put the apron on. Shut up, I know my polarity. 
apparently. <laughs> Women don't belong in the laboratory. They belong in the kitchen. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Women don't have no polarity. God damn it. <laughs> Stop trying to educate our women, okay? <laughs> they need to be making babies and fucking being in the kitchen. Make my dinner. What are they trying to do? Get an education? Okay, all right. So we're here. <laughs> anyway, all so, these broads uh, talking about polarity now. What next? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't even know what it means. Do y'all women know what the definition of polarity is? I do. I'm very smart. You're going to have to start paying them with money. <laughs> what do you mean the cops are knocking at the door? Oh, All I said was women don't belong in science. I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> Did you see Frankenstein meets the Wolfman? She pulled that twist. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. That's why they don't belong in it. <laughs> That's not science, Elsa. That ain't science. Courtesy of the <laughs> That ain't right. You're telling the man who knew science to not do science anymore, Elsa. That ain't cool. That ain't cool by me at all. That ain't right. You just need to go back to bed is what you need to do. I need to go fucking make me breakfast in the morning. I'm doing science shit because I'm a man. Man, this is why you I'm doing science shit. Elsa. <laughs> that's, right. that's why you're single, Elsa. Where's the husband? Where's the ring on your finger, Elsa? Don't see that. Don't see that at all. No, I wonder why. Too busy doing science shit. Leave the education to the man. Okay, I will go back to bed now. Yeah, that's right, Elsa. Pull the wrong switch. Now look what happened. The monster's free and the wolf man's free, and now they're fighting. Now they're fighting, and they're just biting at each other. And they're just fighting all this shit. And Vlasquez is on the fucking bridge blowing the dam. Did you tell him no? Because I put him five the bucks and he wouldn't do it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Who knew the a dam fat man could climb? He's climbing like Batman <laughs> over there. Look at him on that. Look at the dam broke. He's like, woo! Did it! Woo! And, and fucking the water's coming in. Elsa, we need to go. The man will rescue you from this situation. Let's go. Let's let the monster and the wolf man fight it out. They might drown. Who cares? Swim, Elsa, that's you? the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, we get, we get a couple yeah. Rey Mysterio uh, level jumps. <laughs> a couple, uh, <laughs> he does wolf a 619. Wolfman yeah. climbs like that. Yeah, then he, then he pulls the six-one eyes. Like, booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> like, oh, damn, man. fucking L.A. <laughs> some bad wire work from Fred Frankenstein throwing some stuff around <laughs> while the Wolfman's on top of it. Woo! Look at me fly. <laughs> 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 and then the you know, water comes scene, in and yeah, it's like, they, whoops. Where they pulled the shit out from underneath the Wolfman and you just kind of see him take a slide down. Yeah, you know somebody got hurt during that part, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was not a good day on set. <laughs> I, was like, that, comes I was like, that what? definitely wasn't Lon Chaney Jr., man. That motherfucker, no, whoever was no. in that costume at that point was probably a good 30, 40 pounds lighter than him. That was like uh, Jack Wilson, stuntman. <laughs> you know, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> falling into the water. Um, as the villagers are like, we did it. We don't know what we did, but we fucking did it, yo. 
They're both dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. And they, and they blew the dam. The, the, the water's coming down. It takes out the castle. But then, like, it cuts to the end because what we don't see is how the village is going. Oh fuck! The water's coming this way. The water's coming straight <laughs> to the fucking town. We're all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> You just see Valsek's fucking dead body laying in the water. The whole town? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! There go our homies and children. <laughs> oh no! Remember? We're all in danger now. At least the monsters are dead. Who wants another beer? Yeah! <laughs> Let's all die! We, we cannot get through the bar because the bar has been destroyed. <laughs> you destroyed all the no! people. <laughs> oh my nine, god, that's nine, that nine. kid! Oh, oh wait, we're not really in Germany. I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> Who got Valsex dead? Who got Valsex dies? Oh, me! Me! Yes, $50! <laughs> I mean, Valsex dead! There he is! Look at his mustache! That's Valsex! <laughs> Just taking fucking king bets on everything, but uh, I fucking yeah. <laughs> That's the end of Frankenstein meets the Wolf Man. Uh, thank you so much for your pick, uh, Mad Monkey. Uh, next week, boy, this is your pick. What are we talking about? Uh, I was laughing so hard I forgot. Um, oh my god, this is the best episode ever. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, we're gonna go real sexy next week, and I'm not even kidding. We're gonna, we're gonna get some fucking in. There's gonna be all kinds of dirty oh, shit yeah. going on. We're gonna watch a we're gonna watch a movie called Six One Six Wolford Lane. Uh, this is uh, you'll find it on Amazon Prime. It's free on YouTube, uh, Monkey. If, if you if you so okay. are inclined, if you don't have have Amazon Prime, yeah. um, if there is any trouble, let me know. You know, obviously we can always change shit up, but but it should be easy enough for everybody. No, no, no. it's Six One Six Wolford Lane. Six one six Wilford Wilford like W I L F O R D Wilford Lane Wilford okay Wilford okay. like Wilford oh, Broom like, like Wilford done but Wilford <laughs> oh it's free and voodoo it's okay all right it's free and voodoo so I can watch it that way <clears throat> yeah yeah it's on voodoo oh, as well Eric Roberts okay so yeah, six one six Wilford Lane from twenty twenty one. We'll talk about it next week. That'll be the ghoul's pick. All right. So, monkey, I fucking love this episode. <laughs> Why you go ahead and set yourself <laughs> off? <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode <laughs> and letting us all come in your ear. Good night, everybody. Mwah. All right. Cool. Uh, Again, great episode. <laughs> I think I've left this in a long time. I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, I, I did it, bro. I killed the wolf man, man. No, he's fucking dead. He's floating <laughs> away. He's floating away. Get through the bedroom for me. I killed them all. You're now my wife. <laughs> Elsa's using his fucking dead body as a fucking canoe. Oh, I've got his body. I'll fucking go down the river on his body. Again. The perfect body. Off, body, right? you made me no, no. the perfect boat. <laughs> no, the man, the doctor tries to swim over. She's like, no, there's not enough room on here. Get off. <laughs> uh, I'll always remember you, Mannering. 
<laughs> as he floats down the river. It's not cold enough, but you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> All right. So go on and go ahead and sign yourself off. I'm flying, Valerie. Oh I'm flying. <laughs> Stay scared, everybody. And, you know, watch out for the women's science. <laughs> no women's science, bro. They need to be here making me nachos while I watch fucking NASCAR. <laughs> fucking doing being in science and learning shit. Oh, my fucking God, dude. Oh, <laughs> I am your old father, King of Heart. And these jeans, like, you're so much fucking closer to the show. Hail Tell yourself to order I can't do it. Uh, let's see if that can tweet for 616 Wilford Lane. Oh, my God. I can't breathe. Oh, God damn. All right. We'll see you back here next week. We've lost it. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.